Hey guys, you're listening to the Money Day Podcast, a podcast that my husband and I launched to help young couples get real about their money. That's right. We'll ask our friends and a few strangers all the uncomfortable and awkward questions about how they handle their money. All the gory details and hopefully a few tips and tricks along the way that you can pick up and use in your own relationship. All right. Welcome to our latest episode of the Money Day. I'm Delmar. And I'm Aditi. And we're joined today by our friends, Taylin and Sarah. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hi. So we were just talking about how the two of you met. And uh, Taylin, you said that you usually tell this story. And so wanted to, to give Sarah the chance to tell it from her perspective. It sounds like, Sarah, you might be the better storyteller anyway. So take us away. <laughs> I was living with one of my friends from high school who had a friend, Amanda. And Amanda's mom wanted to have a 50th birthday party where she went out dancing with all of Amanda's friends. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was super fun. So we went out to dinner and then we went to Blondie's in the city. And I love to fucking dance. And I don't, oh, am I not supposed to curse? I'm sorry. Cursing is on the table. Um, This is not a a children's show or not not meant to be. We're getting you guys raw and unfiltered, so curse away. Sorry, we had over that before, so I didn't know how to react. Carry on. So I was doing my thing. I tend to sort of like get really into the groove and stop paying attention to most things. And that certainly happened that night. I have type 1 diabetes and... My blood sugars were really low, so I ended up going home. That's all I remember of that evening. And it wasn't until later that I learned I actually met Kaylin that <laughs> night. The first time I remember meeting Kaylin, he was dressed up like a woman <laughs> uh, for a Halloween party that we were having at my and Amanda's home. Pumpkin carving. Yeah, that's right. We were having a pumpkin carving party. Um, And Taylor was dressed dressed to the nines in a little, like, tube top and Wait, so so it wasn't a Halloween party. It was a pumpkin carving party, but Taylor just... It was Halloween week. (laughs) Yeah, it was was like the day after Halloween or... No, it was... Okay, it was right, right around, yeah. I remember meeting him. I also remember him... Touching my ass, which I was horrified about, <laughs> but that is how we met, through friends, more or less. At a dance party that you don't remember meeting him at, and him dressed as a woman. That's a hell of a story, guys. Yeah, the, the dress yeah. as a woman was a separate night. I was I was dressed just regularly for the night that I remember, Sarah, because uh, we were going out dancing. I, was, I had become friends with Amanda fairly recently. Um, right before that, and she had invited me and another friend to come along. And I remember seeing there on the dance floor and being very interested because um, here was this uh, woman who had not a care in the world, uh, only cared about dancing. Um, and it shows because she doesn't remember meeting me, even though I talked to her a few times. Um, a few times? Yeah, I went up to her, tried dancing, talked to her a couple other times, talked to like a group of friends because we had a lot of mutual friends at this point. Um, yeah. Huh. And then, uh, and then eventually weaseled my way through Amanda into getting an invite to a very exclusive pumpkin carving party. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say that changed your life. So, hey. That's incredible. It, it did. 
And, you know, coincidentally, um, the first uh, couple we had on the show also met each other on Halloween night, and uh, they're, they're now happily married as well, so... Um, There's something about that night. Yeah, go Magic figure. in the air. So that was how you met. How much, or sort of how much after that, did uh, Sarah, you know that Talon was the one for you? Um, it was a while. I tend to be pretty cautious, and Talon also had kind of a reputation. Oh. Uh, being kind of a whore bag. <laughs> was that was that a reputation deserved, Talon, or uh, are we embellishing here? Uh, <laughs> I it was like a, a fun year. <laughs> Keep in mind that we're going to send but, this podcast to your parents, Talon. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a diplomatic um, or political answer. Very nice. So yes and no, um, I guess. From what Sarah knew and from what my friends knew, yes. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, so it was really, I, when I was done with my first year of grad school, so so I think we were four years in and we were living together and yeah, Taylor just really stepped up. Um, It was a really hard time for me and Taylor, like without, without me even really having to ask, just sort of stepped up to the plate and really took care of me and at that point I was like okay okay so the two of you met on Halloween night and looking forward at what point did you start to talk about finances at what point did you start to talk about money together that's a good question I feel like for me I uh it's something that's kind of just on my mind and so like it probably started I don't I don't have a specific answer but it probably started with little things um, just, uh, you know, picking up checks, you know, one thing that I remember us discussing at one point, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe, you know, Sarah, I will pick up the tab when we go out to eat and Sarah would pay for groceries. Oh yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty early. Yeah. It was maybe, maybe a year in we'd go out to eat. Uh, cause you know, we're still in that dating phase. Um, but we'd also, you know, eat at, um, we'd eat over at Sarah's place or even when we moved in together, it's still kind of honeymoon phase where we'd do that so so that was maybe one of the first kind of bigger conversations we had about money as a couple how did that start to evolve as you guys moved in together and things started to heat up and get more serious uh to today we're still we still have our own separate kind of checking accounts um i feel like we always just kind of had independent money but we we talked about it freely Mm -hmm. we discussed if it was a household item that we're both going to benefit from um we discussed but there were a handful of bigger purchases. So I remember Sarah had gotten some birthday money or maybe Christmas money or something like that and wanted to buy a mattress. And once that happened, um, I remember feeling pretty guilty at first um, about the fact that this was something that we were both sharing and she paid for the whole thing. And then was like, hey, well, I'll pay, like, I'll pay you for half. I can't right now, but I'll pay you back for half. And then Sarah kind of being like, no, this is something that I wanted. This is something that I got the money and I wanted to put it towards. So I feel like it's just kind of been conversations that just happen with us. Yeah, um, yeah, we can totally relate to that. I remember in the early days when we were living in New York and Delmer was a PhD student and I was working full time. It was a constant conversation of like one-off purchases of, hey, this is something that we wanted to get. And, you know, I could afford it because I had a full-time job and Delmar was 
was a student. So it was just a very different dynamic. So totally understand that feeling. And, and when you guys got engaged and, and you got married, did any of that change? Did you start to formalize that stuff more or did you just sort of ease into it? We kind of eased into it. I, but I remember it, like, that was one of the big things. Like when people ask like, oh, does it feel different? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh, it's, you know, it's weird. It shifted, like, how I at least thought about money. I don't, mm-hmm. like, our money, it just really felt like, okay, so this is our pot. Mm-hmm. And just less, yeah. uh, I don't know. We don't, we don't nitpick a whole lot uh, with, like, where, like, before when we were dating, uh, before we got engaged, anything like that. I don't think we ever really nitpicked on, well, I paid for dinner the other week, so you should pay for this Target run. Um, and I bought gifts for the niece and nephew, so you need to, you know, there was none of really that. Um, it just, we each kind of picked up things here and there. And, and at least from my perspective, I feel like there's a pretty even split, even though it could have been way off, you know. Um, I feel like we did a good job of just kind of balancing out and never really having the big sit-down conversation, but just kind of making sure that we were talking about stuff. If someone did buy a bunch of stuff and felt uneven, which didn't happen hardly ever. We'd uh, we'd talk about it, but it would never be a big thing. It would just be kind of a one-off comment. But I guess to get back to the the question about formalizing, uh, yeah, I guess that was the big thing, was just trying to think about money as our money um, instead of my money and Sarah's money. Oh, yeah, and when he started paying my student loans, Mm -hmm. that was like a weird moment for me. Were you guys married then, or were you not married yet? We were married. Okay. But it was like, oh, yeah, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got real. I look at it as, from my perspective at least, like putting money towards her loan was tackling a goal for, like a goal that we both have, of, you know, out of debt and being able to save for other things. So, because these are our things now. Uh, but yeah, it, it, kind of, it kind of formalized in my mind, but it didn't actually formalize as like any plan. Um, we, did, we did have a conversation. Uh, like you know, I sat down and made a spreadsheet of naturally. Naturally, um, I love I love my spreadsheet. <laughs> so yeah, when I guess like, not long after we got married, um, or maybe it was even right before. I'm not exactly sure. Sat down and put together a spreadsheet of okay, here's all the here's kind of all the mo- things that we spend each month. Here's how much we each take in. Here's how much we have for this. If we want to, you know, if we want to put together an emergency fund, um, this is what we need to do. If we want to get out of debt, here's what we need to do. Um, so there was that kind of form. I guess there was that formalization, but I had been doing kind of financial spreadsheets for myself already. So it just kind of was something I wanted to do. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go along with it. <laughs> did you have to adapt anything about what you were doing when you and Sarah started doing this together? Or did you just follow the same blueprint? Mostly just follow the same blueprint. Um, Cause like I said, we, we have our own separate money. Um, I would say we did something pretty significantly different in that we talked to a financial advisor oh, oh, for the first time right before we got married. Yeah. What questions did you guys have? Um, so my parents have, like, in the in a real, like, they had a dowry, right? And Taylor and I made a decision that we didn't want to spend all that money. Um, we wanted to keep it. And so we wanted to figure out what the best way to use that chunk of money was. Do we put it all towards the loan do we put 
some in savings and some towards the loan or like how do we what's the best strategy mm-hmm. and that was the main question i know talon had some i had racked up I'd rack up some debt as well, um, just credit card debt over the years. Yep. So it's just kind of asking him, like, what do we do? Do we go after our debt first? Do we, his first thing was create an emergency fund, set up a nice little safety net for yourself. Yep. And then attack the debt that you guys both have. Um, so, so that was a big thing that kind of formalized it too, is we, we talked to someone just because we knew we had these X, Y, and Z things we had to do, but what was the order? What What's the best way to do it? What's a good strategy? Had you tried other approaches before moving to a financial planner? Had you tried asking family or friends? And if so, what was it that they couldn't answer for you that a financial planner could? Well, we asked, yeah, I guess we went to uh, family, talked with, it was actually Sarah's dad, and he's the one who just suggested. um, It was the financial planner that he he had been using. And so he said he would talk to him about setting up a meeting with us um, and so, so Sarah's dad um, set us up with, with this guy. Yeah, because he just wasn't, he didn't have a clear answer for us. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the equity to <laughs> to hire Andy, who was the financial planner we saw. He agreed to take us on as sort of a faith to my parents. That's awesome. That's really helpful to have somebody that, you know, who is, one, will give you advice in your best interest, and two, do it for free, even better. Um, yeah, and yeah. honestly, listening to you guys, you sound pretty savvy about money. Like, you know, about emergency funds and debt payoff and, you know, savings and, and everything. How did you get this smart about money? Uh, for me, uh, my own dad. So he's, he's always been pretty good. He was, he's obviously pretty good on the kind of like savings and figuring out where to spend. Um, but also, um, investment wise. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done, he's done well there and been able to just pass along little tidbits here and there as he's gone along. I mean, I just kind of saw my parents, my parents are both, uh, pretty frugal. And so like they did a good job. Like as a kid, uh, it was annoying or it just kind of bothered me that I would have the off brand of most things. Um, but once I became an adult and have to start paying for things on my own, I was like, Oh, this actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I started to think back. I was like, oh, as, as kids, we got to go on a lot of trips together as a family. We got to do a lot of other big things. Um, and my parents, you know, realized or we're just smart about money and let's not spend it on, you know, the name brand shoes. Um, instead, let's put it towards savings for something fun as a, as a family. Um, and that kind of all clicked when I became, you know, as, as most parental advice does, clicked when I became an adult. Um, and so just kind of learn from them. Um, what about you, Sarah? Yeah, my dad just always is sort of like, so uh, you saving up for retirement? You want to go to this retirement seminar? Because it's really important that you start that when you're young. Um, that's, uh, that's good advice. Yeah. yeah. He, that's her old voice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My parents came from really different backgrounds, and so it was interesting watching them sort of navigate my dad. Is yeah, but my, you know, my parents also. We, I never. I was frustrated as a kid sometimes by the things that I couldn't buy and couldn't do, and you know, 
but yeah, walking away from that and seeing one sort of how they did it because yeah, I ended up reorganizing my dad's office. And so I went through all of his financial documents with him and that was, and he has like records from the fucking seventies. So <laughs> well, not anymore. Well, not anymore. I got rid of them, but, um, isn't it a seven-year rule? You should keep records for seven years, and then you can check yeah, it. Rule, oddity, but his rule was seven. His rule so. was you never know. The <laughs> true what you spent on a remodel project on a house you no longer own. How much jelly in your Sounds sounds like my approach to most receipts. You never yeah. know, and it's oddity's continuous frustration that I have receipts from like 2011 yeah. for a thing that I don't even own anymore. Yeah that's another another story so if that's your past sort of what what forms the foundation of sort of financial understanding for the both of you um maybe let's move forward to today how often do you, you talk about so money formal he sounds the past like you're such a funny person well that's me <laughs> you know what i mean like he's just he's just like moves naturally into this radio person and i'm like who are you <laughs> How often do you talk about money today? Like, when when do these conversations come up? Um, Taylor thinks more about money than I do, I would say. Um, but I like that he talks about, you know, okay, so we need to think about doing, we got to think about down payment, and oh, we got to think about life insurance now. We're thinking about having a kid, and you know, yeah. Taylor, would you describe yourself as a planner? <laughs> yeah, that's one word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Sarah? <laughs> uh, because Taylor is like a an absurd planner to an extent that makes me like if I had to do the sort of planning that Taylor does, I would blow my brains out. <laughs> um, it's kind of I think it's from New Girl where there's a line where she says if you'd rather plan a trip or go on a trip, she'd rather plan a trip. I'm not quite that bad. But uh, I do enjoy planning trips and just kind of anything in life, I guess. Taylor, we should, have planning parties. To... we should have planning parties together. Sarah's more of the just kind of laid back, kind of just yeah, take it easy. It'll work out. Yeah, uh, Sarah, it sounds like you and me are very similar. Well, um, hold on a second. Yeah. I like to plan our future, but I do not like to plan our present. Yeah. You like to plan our present. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I, I do tend to take a, a more of a, you know it'll 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 figure itself out sort of approach with respect to the future I guess yeah whereas with the present I'm like eh we'll figure it out yeah it's very interesting sort of balance one thing about me on that note like so I like to plan both present and future um, you've got it all covered you know if you ever want to plan yeah. for, for anybody else and, and, and you feel like you've run out of things to plan for you and I should have a conversation sounds good when things start to go off the rails, when my plans start to fall through, um, I do take a very, ah, they'll all work out type attitude. <laughs> I'll figure it. I trust myself to figure it out, but I do love to plan. Yeah. And so it sounds like, Taylor, you're the one who brings up these conversations about money. Do you have sort of a, a set plan for when these conversations come up or do they sort of surface? Well, he definitely has a set plan. Okay. <laughs> How regularly do you, do you plan to bring up conversations about money then? Thinking about this podcast and in the weeks leading up to it, I, I used to have a more kind of formal like, hey, we should talk about this or we should talk about that. Like, hey, I'm going to go look at life insurance. 
you're ready for me to ask you some questions or have some, give me some feedback. Um, but I feel like I've kind of done a bad job in the past few weeks of this where I uh, got into a bad habit of bringing up money when it's about a purchase that's been made. Um, and like Sarah's made a purchase and I, and I'll get frustrated and that's the worst time to bring up money. Right. When, when emotions are on the line. Um, I don't know if you felt it, Sarah, but I, I certainly have. And I've, as I've like reflected on it, I've been like, oh, this has not been very good of me. Um, uh, and so we've had our more recent conversations about money has been along that line. Um, it's been like, oh man, or either like, or even if I'm feeling guilty about spending so much money on travel or whatever, whatever it is right now, those are not the times to necessarily have the conversations. At least I don't think. And that's what, what they've been more recently. But they do tend to just kind of come up. There's no set schedule or set plan. They just kind of come up when they come up. Um, and maybe it'll be because I'm planning uh, to look at life insurance or I'm planning to make some changes to my budgeting or I just happen to be looking at my spreadsheets and wanted and something um, caught my attention and wanted to talk with Sarah. So that's kind of how it comes up. Looking back over the last few weeks, uh, these conversations have tended to come up when you feel it sounds stressed about something and you said that that's not always a good idea. Why is that? Uh, I feel like it clouds your judgment and sets you up for a conversation not based on logic anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like we, or at least Sarah, has a very calming presence for me for the most part. And so, so it usually goes okay. But I feel like it's not a great time to have those conversations because emotions can get in the way. Um, if I'm frustrated at her for making a purchase or um, just getting rid of a bunch of our stuff um, with something that happened recently, um, that can be a bad time to talk about things like money. No, you're absolutely right. And I think one of the tricks that we found that helps us is we have these like monthly conversations that we put into our calendar where we sit down and look at things and what I find really helpful about that is, you know, and, and we call, I mean, the podcast is named after that, the money date, but what we find really helpful about that mm -hmm. is that we end up getting to look at everything holistically rather than talking about a one-off thing, whether it's good or bad, honestly, because sometimes it's like, oh, I got a refund for $250 and you're like, woohoo. But when you sit down and look at your overall finances, you're like, oh crap, I need to use that towards this other thing that, that we've been trying to plan for or make happen. Yeah. Cool. So one other question um, for you guys. You know, one of the things that I think is really interesting is we talked to a lot of couples about how they're making it work for them, how, how money is, is how they're hacking money together in a productive way. I'm actually really curious when it comes to your finances, what frightens you the most? Not having enough, not being able to achieve our goals. I mean, I'm short. Uh, yeah. Totally fair answer. Um, yeah, letting letting pepper down, I guess, so not having enough things like that. God, <laughs> I know we're getting yeah. Getting no, it's a part. great yeah. question. Yeah, and I think it sort of highlights the key difference between us. Um, in that I think yeah, I just don't. You're not as worried. I'm not as worried. Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's true. I do worry, like if I, because I do have a chronic illness. Like, if I end up with, you know, terrible shit happening to me and I have complications or something that 
I'll drain all the money from our family or something. I worry about that sometimes. Because um, we try, I tried, my dad, of course, was really eager for me to get um, on the CalPERS, like long-term health care plan, and he get a pretty cheap rate at my age. They denied me, so it, like, put this seed in my head that, you know, I need to do that, and because if I don't, then I'm going to bankrupt my family, so. This is always one of my favorite questions because it speaks to some of the stuff, like, we don't always think about money all the time, but, you know, when you tap into your fears, you start to understand, like, sometimes the drivers for some of the decisions you make about other stuff that you don't even realize it impacts. Yeah. I wanted to move on to our rapid fire section. The beginning of our conversation before we got on the call, Aditi and I asked the two of you five questions. And uh, I prefer to refer to it as the honeymoon game. Okay. So get ready for... <laughs> Which one sounds more fun? The honeymoon game. Rapid fire or, yeah. or the honeymoon game? Formerly known as the rapid fire section. <laughs> Newly promoted to the, <laughs> to the honeymoon game. Um, great. So second section of uh, sort of our, our conversation has to do with the honeymoon game questions we asked the two of you before we got on our call. And we'd like to, to turn to that now. And the first question, uh, I'll start with you, Sarah. If Talon won a million dollars today, what do you think he'd do with the money? Pay off my debt and put the rest in savings to buy a house. Probably invest some because he's more of a risk taker than me. Talon, how'd she do? Uh, she pretty much nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty much uh, what I'd do. I'd maybe throw in, set up a nice nice little travel fund as well. Oh, yeah. You do love that. Okay. Very cool. That would be That'd be like the one little thing I'd do for fun in there. Most of it would be very risk <laughs> Get a nice savings account, make some investments. <laughs> she pretty much nailed it. Very cool. Taylor, what would uh, what would Sarah do with the money? Uh, buy some nice household items and a house to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, how well did you do? Uh, I think I would... That was mainly a nice way of saying, like, buy a house with it. Yeah. Got it. I, I kind of went on the track of just like what one thing instead of a few things. Fair enough. So, yeah. But I definitely fair. think she would put some into a save, like save for retirement or save just in general, things like that. Yeah, but it's definitely, I think like, you know, paying off this debt so that we can buy a house is like the next exciting financial thing we're thinking about. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You, you know you're talking to money masters when they say, the next exciting financial thing we're going to do is pay off debt. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome to hear those words come, yeah. out of, come out of your mouths. Okay, next question. What's one purchase that your partner has made in the last year that you're still trying to understand? Sarah, why don't you go first this time? Um, so it's hard for me because I don't know. I feel like Taylor does travel a lot for Spiceball, but I understand that. But the things I don't understand is like, trophies medals and t-shirts for fucking his spike ball <laughs> it's like really do we need to waste money on this shit but i don't know part of me understands it but a part of me is just like oh more junk for people to throw away yeah it's uh yeah Taylor, do you really enjoy buying trophies tell me more about this uh, it, it, i run a spike ball league or around that league here in san francisco so um so I'm buying, yeah, I have shirts and I have different things for the league. So it's, it's less of spending money and more of 
spending the revenue that I've generated. Whatever. So it's less money. But less, you can have profit. more revenue. <laughs> He's just reinvesting it in the business. <laughs> what? You're just reinvesting it back into the business. That's right. That's right. It's early, it's early stages. You have to you have to spend money to make money. <laughs> <laughs> and and Taylor, what was uh, your answer? I put down a couple of things. Um, <laughs> And those are, one of them is Davis Water. Shut uh, up. <laughs> so Sarah, we have a water cooler in our, in our apartment, in our kitchen, that has imported water from Davis, California, Sarah's hometown. There's, a, there's an H2O to go, a little water place. That it's the buys. best water in the world. Better than Hetch Hetch. Davis Water sucks, so you have to get you have to find places like H2O to go to get drinking water. And even though we live in San Francisco, which according to the employees at H2O to go is some of the purest water in all of California, <laughs> fuckers, um, I still prefer it. So that's one that, uh, yeah, I mean, I drink it and I, I definitely take advantage of it, but I also drink tap water just the same. Um, do you notice the difference, Taylor? Be honest. I do not. I, Sarah does this. I so, do. So they did a, a blind story. taste test on me. Well, the, the, I think the better story is the time that I had come home from, I think it was when I ran a, a big uh, round net tournament last year, and I had this big jug of water left over. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Like, it's not going to take up too much space for a fridge and just in our house in general. So I was going to pour our, our famous water cooler was getting pretty low. Uh, I was like, I'll just pour it in there. And Sarah grabbed the glass, takes one sip, is like, oh, did you put trash water in here? <laughs> Instantly knew. Instantly. She could tell the difference. I, I honestly can't, um, but I, I have pretty trash taste buds, so I'm not the person to ask. I'm sure there is a taste difference. <laughs> I bathe everything in hot sauce. So, What else was on the list? new bedding so frequently yeah um that's the one that i always scratch my head at with hers she does like new bedding pretty <laughs> frequently um, um we've gone through a lot in our relationship and i scratch my head because i i mean i had one pair of sheets for the first you know seven years of bachelorhood okay <laughs> okay that's that's excessive we were already oh that's, that's quite the stretch so i guess I, I kind of understand bedding though because it does feel nice getting into the nice sheets Cool. Next question. Complete the following sentence. When it comes to money, one thing that we can't agree on is... What is considered frivolous? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. So, so what's something that you consider frivolous that Sarah might not agree with? Davis Water. <laughs> <laughs> trophy for our fantasy football league um she would have i'm sure she considers frivolous yep. uh, whereas i see that as community building so, so. mission critical yeah. yeah how about you sarah um i said investing it um i remember talking to him about that and like i forget what the context was but we were talking about like well 
how much do you, how much would you be comfortable investing it? And I was like, mm, I don't know, $50. <laughs> and he was more thinking like, I don't. I don't remember. I don't what remember it, the number either. Yeah, but his was significantly more than me. Um, it just. I don't know. It feels like gambling to me, and it makes me really nervous. And and I guess that speaks a little bit to what you were talking about earlier, Sarah, about you just being a little more risk averse than tailing. Okay, so the second to last question. What money question do you guys think is important to ask your partner when things start to get serious in a relationship? Um, my answer was, what are your three financial goals? Um. Did, you, did you ask Sarah that, Taylor? Yeah, I feel like we talked about that pretty early on. Um, my, did we? Ugh, I don't remember that. <laughs> she doesn't remember a lot of things that I say, apparently. So, so how would you how would you answer that question, Taylor? What are your three financial goals? Um, my three financial goals would be uh, getting out of debt. Uh, these are a little more personal, not necessarily bigger. But getting out of debt, um, saving for a house slash family, and then saving for travel. There's the fourth one on there is obviously retirement and everything, but I think a little more. I guess talking a little more immediate. The first kind of goals that we have coming up in our lives. And Sarah, how would you answer that question? Top three financial goals? Um, I think the first two would be the same, getting out of debt, saving for children, family. And I think I, I would just go straight to saving for um, end of life and retirement sort of stuff. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I am not as excited about travel as Taylor is. Yeah. Well, your, your dad would be proud. He sure was. <laughs> and how would how would you answer that uh, question, uh, Sarah? What money question do you think is important to ask your partner when things start to get serious? What's your relationship like with money? Like, do you save it, spend it, balance it? Do you worry about money? Do you not worry about money? Do you have family shit with money? Like, what do you? How do you feel about money? And like, what place does it have in your life? I love that question. Yeah, that's a good question. And and did you ask Taylor those questions? I never asked him outright, but I observed. Yeah. yeah. No. It was an it was a big issue of contention with my parents, and so it's something that I'm always sort of like sniffing out in people. Yeah, absolutely. And and so much of our habits are inherited from what we saw our parents go through, or frankly, what they did themselves sometimes. So uh, that's that's so not surprising. Okay, final question. What's your spending number? The number that you guys like to check in with each other on before you spend that amount of money. I feel bad because, and I haven't wanted to tell him this, because I put down a number and then I realized, like, I did a little room project and I totally spent more than that and, like, didn't talk to him because I was feeling wild and crazy. But I said 500 or 500 or 1,000. I was sort of between those two numbers. And I put a number uh, based on the fact that I don't think that there really is a number. Um, I feel like we both kind of have, I feel like we both have trust there with each yeah, other that we're, we're working towards the same goals. Um, and so like if you spend, so it very much depends on like if it's, if I'm buying like, a lampshade for 20 bucks, I'll check in with Sarah because I'm not sure what to do. But if I'm, 
buying a plane ticket to go on a trip, then, you know, that it's whatever. Um, I put a hundred dollars, but my first instinct was two fifty. So that's basically just based on, um, if I'm buying something more like needed for the two of us, um, and I want to check in and make sure that that's okay. Um, but, but honestly, there isn't really a number I feel like. I and I think I that answer is really important to our like financial compatibility. Cause it's the fact that like, I feel guilt because that's how I was raised. But the fact that he's like, eh, whatever, <laughs> it's very important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like Sarah will spend money. And if, if it bothered me, like we'll talk about it, you know, and kind of goes back to the very beginning. I think it's come up a bit more recently and, it's not actually the best time to talk about it, but it's good to talk about it at some point. Um, you have to talk about it. And, but I feel overall, um, I, I know that Sarah has our, our best interests at heart and has our goals in mind. It's just good to have, you know, maybe those monthly money dates where we sit down and just talk and, and say, hey, so here's where our goals stand. Um, are we on track? Oh, it looks like we spent a lot more this month why, where, how can we be better next month? Um, and if we were doing great, then good job. Let's keep this up. Um, so. That's awesome. Is there a question that we didn't ask you guys that you wish we'd asked you? Well, maybe a different way of putting it, and then I want to hear what you were about to say, Sarah, is what question would you like us to ask other couples that you would like to hear an answer to? Agreed, babe. Nice job. Because my, my sister is going through a divorce and as I think about it sometimes divorce <laughs> no well yeah I don't know I just think like slow down on those I metal and trophy purchases Taylor like, like a shitty question to ask no, on no. like when you're talking to a couple but just have you thought about what might happen if like you know shit happens and this doesn't work out like, have you thought about how, what your financial future would look like independent of your spouse or your ex-spouse in that case? Because it is something that I think about um, and that my sister has talked a lot about, about like, oh, don't share accounts and don't do this. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's an interesting question. I guess part of what I would worry about is, I mean, there's the fact of the matter that a lot of people do get divorced in this country. Um, uh, so there's that on the one hand. But on the other, I worry that sort of thinking in that way, even though it might be important to ask those questions, already puts you in sort of a defensive mindset. And so might uh, might bring up things that uh, that you wouldn't consider otherwise. So things like, you know, you decide not to share an account um, because you're worried about uh, the eventual outcome, even though it makes practical sense today. I totally yeah. disagree. Yeah. I totally disagree. I, Thummer and I have slightly different perspectives on this, but you know, for me, I, my parents got divorced when I was 10 years old and I think it's incredibly important to plan for the worst case scenario. And obviously like I would never want us to end up in that place, but I just, I prefer knowing that, you know, if that were to ever happen for whatever reason, we at least have a very sort of like well understood understanding between the two of us and how we would handle things and what would happen and how it would all play out 
And and I totally I totally understand when people say, well, I don't like to think about that because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. But honestly, when you don't have that and you're going through it, it's it's a really ugly process. Yeah, yeah and it was something that actually when Sarah and I were engaged, um, I had brought up just the idea of like a prenuptial. Um, and, um, and Delmar, I think I even talked, asked you, maybe, maybe even Oddity, um, and I think, I think it was Oddity that said, you can do post-conceptual, you can do other things, but, um, but Sarah and I discussed, um, and quickly, like, abandoned that idea, and I think Sarah's reasoning was that it puts it in your mind or kind of sets you up for failure, kind of what you were talking about there, Delmar, um, kind of the, just the attitude that you have about it. Because um, I, I was coming from a more from Audrey's perspective of, I don't think we're going to get divorced. I'm not planning on getting divorced. Um, like, I'm madly in love with you, but, you know, people change and things change, circumstances change. Um, do we want to, um, do we want to look out for that? Um, but Sarah, Sarah had a different viewpoint on it. You know, what I think changed things for me, because you're telling you know this, um, Aditi and I did end up getting a prenup, is sort of her experience with, with all of this is, you know, she took the attitude and the view that, you know, I don't want things to end up there, but I know that if they do, and there's some chance that they might, that we're not going to be in the best headspace. And so while we are now, while we have an abundance of sort of love and affection and care for each other, let's think about this clear-headedly. And so that's sort of the spirit in which I went into this, is it's a fail-safe of some sort. Yeah, I, I think mm -hmm. the only thing I just didn't want was for it to be any kind of, like, retaliatory, I don't even know if that's a word, but basically just didn't want it to be a contentious, you know, thing that was thrown around, because I think money and kids are the two things that always get tangled up in a divorce, and, and that was something that... And dogs. I just, and dogs. I consider Goose our kids. So. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I remember when we got Goose too, like, Dumber and I were dating and, and I, like, sat him down and I had a serious conversation with him and I was like, hey, babe, one of the discussions we need to have is if we were to break up, who gets the dog? And he was so clever about it because he freaking just says to me, he's like, oh, I feel like that's a very easy answer. And I was thinking, oh, great. He's going to say, you know how to handle dogs. You get to keep the dog. And he's like, I know you would just never take my first dog away from me. And I was like, dang. <laughs> and I'm like, right, exactly. <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah. thank you guys for spending the time with us talking to us about your own experiences and frankly just being so frank and honest about how you guys have hacked and navigated all of these money conversations there's one final question I'd love to ask you guys before before we close this out and wrap this up and Sarah why don't you tell me what one of Talon's best money habits is or are he's very aware of what's coming in and what's going out and I, I really, I think it's a great habit that, like, is one of those things I aspire to and I, I don't do. I probably should, but yeah. And Taylor, what about you for Sarah? Um, for Sarah? Um, you were like, like, for me, I can list a couple more. <laughs> no, she, uh, she kind of lets me be a little crazy. Like, I get, 
I can get overzealous sometimes with and gung ho about money things and and um and she lets me she lets me get away with it um and is and is open to having conversations about it um and um and does have like our future uh at heart with with what she does um and so I think that's one of one of her best things it's not necessarily a habit it's just how she is um you bring up a really interesting point there. A lot of people tend to think about money habits and sort of good behavior, these sorts of topics in terms of techniques or tools that they use. So a cool gadget that they found, a cool app that they found, a cool technique that they try or a hack that they have. Um, but you put your finger on it. One of the things that one of my sort of financial heroes, Buffett, and, and another one, Munger, talk about a lot is it has nothing to do with sort of techniques that they use, but a lot of it is just personality and having sort of the patience and ability to discern when to let something be. And so it sounds like you're sort of speaking in that sphere. It's not so much a technique or hack that Sarah employs, but sort of a personality or a disposition that she has that, um, that allows the two of you uh, to, do, to do well as a couple when it comes to your finances. So I, I think about money more and I kind of have, you know, the spreadsheets and the apps and the, the different things that I use um, and but even though I'm the more money conscious person, um, Sarah has control of our joint savings account. And, um, and that's kind of in her. So it's just kind of this nice kind of counterbalance that we have between us. Um, it just kind of sets up nicely. Very cool. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your stories with us. Uh, I had a blast. I know that uh, uh, I've learned uh, a few things uh, about you, uh, uh, Talon, and uh, the, the, the two of you as a, as, as a couple. One of the things I enjoy very much about these conversations is looking into uh, how other people are managing their finances, how they're talking about some of the things that Aditi and I talk about on, on a daily or weekly basis. So thank you for sharing your time with us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, great. The Money Date Podcast is an initiative of Zeta, a company that I launched to help couples track and manage their finances together. If you're inspired by what you heard on this show, you can learn more at ZetaHelp.com.